It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Welcome to Golden Hour Adventures. Today, we're taking a little bit of a turn. We're going to learn about moving your body a little bit um, on the ground instead of on the road or trail. So we have Nicole Castile today. She is the Yogini runner. So welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm honored to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Our, our three guests will, or our three listeners will be uh, excited to listen to your story. <laughs> and I'll be one of those. <laughs> so, uh, where, where, where are we calling you? Where are you at? Where are you located? I'm in Southern California. So about... you don't, ha- you don't have to deal with any of the snow that Robbie and I have to deal with. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you probably just look at my I... pictures and you're like, oh my gosh, what is that? I don't like Yeah, that. I know. And I'm in the LA area too. So <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So uh, what got you, did running come first? Did yoga come first? What? So the running definitely came first. Um, it was actually just a means for me to kind of get in shape for something to do after college. Um, you know, I wasn't really doing much and I was like, let me go out and go for a run. And it was pretty funny. You know, I didn't have any running clothes. I don't even know what shoes I used at the time. <laughs> um, but I lived right. I lived in Long Beach. So I literally lived like right across the street from the um, beach path, the bike path. So I just went out there and I ran and I think I ran for about five minutes and that was all I could do. Um, And I kind of just kept doing that consistently until I got a little bit further and further. And then um, for a good while there, I was running probably just about 20 minutes or so. And for a while, and then one day I went out and I actually ended up doing about 30 minutes. Um, and I was really excited about that because 30 minutes was like, seemed forever to me. Um, my dad is a really avid runner. He's probably ran like my entire life. Um, I just didn't really know or care when I was younger. I had no idea what, you know, he was doing. He's, he ran a few of the LA marathons and I had actually gone to them. Um, and again, not knowing what it takes to train for a marathon or any of that. Um, and I had told him and he was like, Oh great. He's like, I'm going to come out and run with you on the weekend. I said, okay, sure. He pushed me to four miles before you knew it. You know, we kept, he kept pushing me and pushing me more. And he said, we were going to sign up for the half marathon. And I thought, you know, that's like, crazy what are no we're not and um we we trained for it and we did it and it kind of just took off from there I you know I started signing up for every half marathon that was in the LA distance (laughs) I started looking at you know half marathons that were out of state you know it started to become a thing that I really like invested in you know the running magazines because that was pretty much all that I had back then the internet the internet existed but it wasn't you know what it was today so it was runner's world was like, you know, my go-to. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much where my running started. And then, um, I remember I was at a half marathon one time and I started seeing the finishers come in for the, for the marathon. And I just thought to myself, I was like, one day I really want to do that. You know, it seemed pretty scary. Um, but it kind of was that thing of like, they were doing it. So why can't I do it? 
And I think it just kind of like lit a spark in me. And, um, I decided to sign up for my first marathon and then didn't do one for a few years after that. <laughs> was that the LA marathon? No, it was actually the Long Beach marathon. Okay. Yeah. I would imagine out there, there is quite a few running events throughout the year because you can run year round and well, I mean, we, we can't, you can run year round everywhere, but, but I mean, you can uh, enjoyably run year round. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There are quite a few races out here. We don't have like, I mean, the LA marathon is probably the biggest one, but even it's kind of weird. Even the LA marathon isn't, you know, as huge as, you know, Chicago or New York. It's just, you know, it doesn't draw as much attention. And I think it's just because of the prize money doesn't draw like the elite runners to come out. Yeah. But yeah, we do have a lot of races out here to choose from. You would think that the LA marathon would be huge. Um, I guess maybe it's not one of the majors, so that's that maybe right. what draw, doesn't draw people, but you would think that it would be a very massive uh, yeah. ma- marathon. You would think so. And I was really surprised once I started actually thinking about it, that it's just, it's not as big as it probably could be, which is just really strange. Yeah. What's the average runners that, that attend it? Oh, you know what? I don't even know. I don't even know. Maybe 30, maybe 30,000. I just, I've never run a race like that. And so I just can't yeah. imagine like when we show up to, a, you know, a trail run and there's 300 people there and they're yeah. just like, Oh my gosh, this is the biggest race I've ever been to. And you're like, it yeah. might have 30,000. I don't know. I know. I know. I know. And that might, I might not even be, you know, I don't know the numbers on that, but I do know, you know, like New York will be like 50 or something, yeah. you know, it's just a ridiculous amount of people. Yeah. Have you ever run the LA marathon? The LA? Yeah, I have. Oh, okay. I ran it a couple of times. Nice. Have you? Do they keep you in the city again. on that one? What was that? Do they keep you in the pretty much in the city on the course? They've changed the course quite a bit over the years. Um, the one that I ran started at Dodger Stadium, and it kind of takes you down through like downtown LA, and then it'll take you out through like Beverly Hills area, like the shopping, like Rodeo Drive and stuff, and then it'll through Hollywood. Um, and then it ended in Santa Monica, but it doesn't end in Santa Monica beach anymore. They kind of changed it around. And so there has been a little bit talk about the, the route change and, um, but yeah, so you do get a whole thing of the downtown Hollywood and all of that. Yeah. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. I just looked it up and they're anticipating 27,000 okay, yeah, for so next weekends. Yeah. So. That's uh, you're pretty spot on. You got there yeah. out and accounting them, and <laughs> <laughs> so what other uh, what other cool races have you done? Oh well, I have done Chicago a couple of times, and both oh, nice. times were a complete dumpster fire. So, <laughs> <laughs> the most first time races. I ran that, oh yeah, the first time I ran that, I got sick like the week of, so it was just awful. Like I really didn't remember it. It was just awful. The second time I ran it, I got COVID like, mm. two weeks prior and, you know, I really had no business running that one afterwards. Um, but I did just because, you know, with Chicago, everything had been booked. It was just, you know, if it was a local race, I wouldn't have done it yeah. because you know, that was just, that was hard. Um, and I've done New York, which is a really amazing that one is a really good experience. Um, I would say those are probably the ones that like stand out. LA is really cool as well. 
I would say. Have you uh, ever considered going for all six? I have. I have. It's not a crazy dream of mine, though, but it might be something cool to do that down the line. Yeah, I mean, I've applied to get try and get into like Berlin and, you know, some of those races, but it just I hasn't haven't been drawn, but we'll see what happens. Nice. We just had a, a friend of ours and one of our early guests on the podcast, Mike Albin. He just went to Tokyo. Okay, cool. And uh, he got his sixth at Tokyo. Nice. Yeah, nice. so that was pretty cool of him. He was showing cool. off that massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like ginormous. It's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I picked cool. it up yesterday. It's pretty dang heavy. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's cool. You wouldn't yeah. want to wear it. <laughs> you just want to hang it up and <laughs> I can't imagine the, the percentage of people that have that metal. It's got to be really low. He was saying he's the third in South Dakota. Really? Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, I mean, on some parts it's just kind of luck. And then other times, you know, you can join the charities to make sure that you actually get into it or, you know, qualify for the certain times for certain races and stuff. So it just kind of all depends where you're at and, you know, how you want to go about getting it. Uh, do you, do you think that the qualifying times are fair? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Well, you know, we have like our, um, our ultra races that we, you know, we always argue about on this podcast about whether they're mm -hmm. fair, or the lottery systems that they let people in. But, you know, I never have really chased a, a qualifier. I've only run one marathon, uh, since I started mm -hmm. running, but you know, just looking at, let's just say Boston, for instance, I've looked yeah. up the qualifying times and it's like, there's no way. I mean, I'm not a, I guess I could be, you know, when I could dedicate time to doing it, but yeah. it just, it almost seems unrealistic for me. Yeah. Yeah. I know Boston is that, that unicorn that people, you know, try and chase. And yeah, it's a, that one does take for some people, some real dedication and it's really going all in on it, you know, because I mean, for some people, they, you know, they go out and they run their first marathon and they qualify, you know, it's just like those people that just, you know, they're fast and they've got it. And then for other people and most people, it, you know, it's the years upon years of just really making that your your goal, you know, yeah. and having to do every single little thing to get there, you know, going from like the sleep to the eating to the recoveries, just all those little things, you know, constantly, which, you know, can really, it's a lot of dedication. Yeah, no, I, you know, and I've, I've watched people that go do marathon after marathon trying to qualify and they haven't been able to, you know, some friends of mine, but, yeah. you know, and then when they finally get it, that's really cool. But I don't know. I don't know if I just don't have that dedication to put into it. Like I can go out and slog for a 12 minute mile and turn that into, you know, a long day out on the trail. That's fine. But man, that just, I, you know, and, and people always ask, you know, I'm, I'm sure Robbie hears it a lot, but I hear it and it's like, man, how do you run that far? Like, I don't get it. It's like, well, I don't actually run that much, but, um, but you know, I have the same respect for people that can go out and throw down those extremely fast times for that amount of miles because, there's just, no, I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that I couldn't do it because I always tell people like, believe in yourself and you can do whatever you, you put right. your mind to. But right. God, it's just like, it seems so unachievable. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different. I mean, for both things, you know, it's just so different. You know, it's one thing is like you're really honing in on a 
specific pace, you know, specific numbers. It's yeah. a lot of, you know, um, as where, you know, the ultras and stuff, you know, it's a lot more effort based and like you're, you know, you're practicing your, your hiking skills, you know, your power hiking, your climbing, you know, and it's just every, there's so many variables go into like the ultra world. Um, you know, there's definitely, they're both different and I think they're both hard in their own regards. Yeah. You know, um, when am I, you know, going back to the question that you asked about the races, you know, one of the, <laughs> one of the races that I did was, um, old Cascadia. It was, I know they have a hundred miler and then they had a 50 miler. Um, and I believe they had a 20, I'm saying a 20 miler. I'm not too sure, but it was like my first 50 miler that I went out for and I didn't finish. <laughs> I finished, I got to like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, that was a few years ago and, you know, now looking back at it and knowing what I know now, like all of like I did so many things that I, you know, would improve on. Well, there's some stories there. Tell us, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> yeah, go yeah, into it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I stopped at, at the last, was it the last aid station? I don't even know. It was mile 41, but you know, and people think, okay, well, it's like nine miles more, but no, that was like four or five more hours more in like my world, you know, at that time, um, yeah. I had an IT band issue going on that started very early on. And I know that that had a lot to do with me just not training properly of like the uphills and the downhills, just not getting my legs prepared and strong enough for that. You know, I didn't anticipate being out there that long. So I didn't even pack like an extra set of like clothes for the night. Like, and it dropped like ridiculously low and I had nothing. I was like, I'm not going out there in my <laughs> like shorts. And like, I had literally like one little like lightweight long sleeve. Like it, there was just no way. Um, my fueling was completely, I can't even, I would say my fueling has to be like the number one thing that has changed throughout the time from when I started to where I'm at now. And I can't even tell you like what I was doing is like the worst possible thing because I think for like the marathon, I would literally take about two gels, two now like i'm taking like two every you know hour so you know it's just completely ridiculous and i think for that ultra i don't even know how many i was taking but it was nearly not enough for me to even get through what i was getting through so that was just awful but i would say that that course that day was very very cool um it was an adventure. It was an experience. It's something that I'll never forget. You know, I made a friend out there who she actually lives down here and we're still friends to this day. You know, we, we, it was getting dark and I found her out on the trail. <laughs> so we walked it in to like that mile 41, um, <laughs> you know, so we helped each other and it was good to have someone there. Cause I was there all alone and it was, you know, I was up in the mountains and it was dark and I was like, what am I doing? Um, but yeah, that course, and I, I always tell myself, I'm going to go back. Like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to finish that race one day when I'm done or when I'm kind of over the roads for a bit because I have a tendency to kind of like go back and forth. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I'm still, I'm still like, I'm still like, I have unfinished business with the roads right now, so I'm still right there. But I say one day I'm going to be back and actually finish that race. Nice. I'm hoping. Yeah. It's funny that you brought up 
uh, eating gels because I always hear that, you know, and it's a funny joke, but an ultra is an eating contest. Yeah. I, I always, always laugh at that where, you know, and, and I hear people making it through marathons with a couple of gels and calling her good, but you're not making it through a 50 miler off of a couple of gels. Yeah, you're not. And the people that are making it out of, you know, those, the marathons with a couple of gels, they're not reaching like their full potential. Oh, no. you know? like, yeah. Like they have so much more to tap into because yeah, there's just not enough fuel to even, you know, I take like two gels in the out for like 10 miles or now, like, or, you know, a 13 mile run. Um, yeah. So. So you mentioned you had, oh, I'm sorry. business on the road. <laughs> That's what I was just about to ask. <laughs> <laughs> we, we work well together. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still having fun on the road. Like, I definitely love getting up into the mountains here because we do have some pretty great trails, like literally like really close by to where I live. So I love getting up in the mountains because I do need my mountain time every once in a while. But no, yeah, I'm still, I still have a lot of fun on the roads. I'm still trying to get to where I think I can not necessarily, I don't want to say faster, but I want to get to where, you know, where I haven't hit yet. So I'm definitely still working on my speed work and stuff. Yeah. What does your typical week look like as far as running? Um, I run five days out of the week. I usually, Sundays are always an off day. It's like, I need that one day where my alarm's not going off. <laughs> Yeah, I work a full-time job as well. So, you know, um, Monday through Friday, my alarm's going off. My alarm usually goes, always usually goes off on Saturday morning to get my long run in. And then, um, so Sundays are my, my rest days, except nice. I, I teach later tonight. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then I need one day out of the week of no running as well. And it usually just goes back to the, I, I need just a little bit more sleep. So, Yeah. Good sleep is very underappreciated and recovery on I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to be a lot better about it because typically I would be getting about six hours, which is just not enough. I mean, I can do it. Um, lately I've been trying to hit that seven, seven hour. So I'm like really loving that, but, um, yeah, sleep is so important. <laughs> it's like the easiest thing for us to do yet it's like the thing we don't do and it's like <laughs> the number one thing that we need <laughs> yeah it's like the mobility work that you should be doing but you're sitting on the couch instead <laughs> yeah i heard something the other day it was like the thing that we need the most is the thing that we don't want to do the most <laughs> very true exactly exactly that's also a yeah. thing in yoga, you know, with some poses, some of those poses that we don't want to get into are the ones that you need to be getting into. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, before we jump into yoga, I want to know, did you ever complete an ultra? I've done, I want to say, I think 250 Ks. Okay. I think it was two. Yeah. 250 Ks. So have done a, a quite a few marathons and then a couple 50 Ks. What would is is there a big uh, similarity there in the in the marathon versus? I mean, can you train someone for a marathon and have them go out and run a fifty k? You know, it's only a few miles more. Or do you notice other than like the trail? Well, I'm assuming they're a trail, but um, I know there's road uh, ultras as well. But um, 
do you notice a big difference in the marathon versus the ultra marathon? Yes, not necessarily mileage wise, but it's just the time, time on feet. Because I think for a majority of people, you're going to be out there longer, even for a 50K, just because it's on the trails. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it was a road 50K, not necessarily as much versus a marathon. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely, there's a big difference there when you change it to the trails, just because depending on what the race is, the course, so I think it just goes back to more time on feet is going to play a huge factor. And then the nutrition also, the fueling is just going to be just that much more. When yeah, it comes for sure. To on the trails. Yeah. Time on feet, time on feet. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm definitely out there a lot longer on a 50 K on trails than I am in a marathon on the roads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I could get that. I get that. Yeah. So let's jump into, uh, to yoga a little bit. How did you, how'd you get into that? Yeah. So, um, I've kind of always done it here and there, you know, I was one of those people that like threw on a video online or something like on my phone and I would just get down on the, you know, my living room floor or whatever and do it. Um, then I did go to a couple of yoga classes in the studio, which is completely different than doing it at home. Um, even though you can do yoga anywhere, it's just, it's certainly a different, um, it's different. And so I really wanted to get into something too, that just complemented the running. I was already a run coach at the time and I just kind of wanted to expand on it a bit more. Um, and kind of something where I knew that like could help me jump away from where I'm at right now with my office job and stuff and just kind of like add more into my life. And so I just started doing it a lot more when I was at a studio and I decided I was going to take a leap of faith and do the teacher training, even though I was completely terrified of it (laughs) because (laughs) it goes back to that anxiety that we were talking about before. um, And just the fear because I have lived my like pretty much whole entire life in fear of like not trying to do things. Like I wouldn't do things because I was scared of failing or not being good enough or not being good at it. Um, you know, imposter syndrome, just all of those things, you know, a lot of self-criticism. Um, and it's been a lot of like work over the years that I've had to do to get to where I'm at now. And now I'm like, you know, I still have all those feelings, but I know I tell them to be quiet. You know, I, I, you know, I'm not going to get anywhere if I just keep listening to that. So I ended up doing the teacher training and, you know, it was a very stressful time in my life just because I had to learn how to get up in front of people and like teach you know, and it was like learning this new language on top of it, you know, the poses, um, because you hear like these words, but then, you know, we have the Sanskrit words and then just all this stuff that goes into it. And usually too, with, you know, when you're teaching a class, it's like you're staying kind of like one step ahead as you're like teaching the class. And so you're, 
explaining what you want to do, but you're like having to think about what you're going to do next and then remember the sequence you just did so you can do it to the other side. So there's all this stuff going on, you know, and now I love it. You know, now it's like my favorite thing. One of my favorite things to do is when I go teach and it took me a good while to get to this point. Um, but I really going back to what you, your question that you asked, asked me because I know I'm kind of getting off tangent here. Um, it was really to complement the running okay. in the beginning. That's what it was about. It was about learning just not necessarily static stretching because the static stretching and running, um, I don't really like for those two things to kind of go hand in hand, but more so the mobility of it. Yeah. 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 I, I've done yoga a few times, like in a class and I've done it a couple of times online and but it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things that like, like I said earlier, like it's one of those things that you probably should be doing, but you're not. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how long have you been instructing yoga? I've been teaching, you know, what? I actually started, so I finished my teacher training in 2019 at the end of it. So I started teaching right at the beginning of January of 2020. So it's an exciting time to start. Yeah. <laughs> so I taught for like three months, still not knowing really what I was doing, you know, <laughs> like just kind of learning it. And then all of a sudden we kind of had to pivot how we were teaching and um, it went to doing it virtually. So I went from having students in the class to teaching it on my phone, you know, to do it through the Instagram live for the, you know, the page for the studio and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you that still teach it. online or do you teach in a studio? I teach in a studio. Okay. And you yeah. don't, you don't do the online thing at all. Well, so we still have an online thing for members. So if it's a member, you can still go on there and do the online. I don't teach any of the online classes, but we do have people that do teach them. Do you, um, do you also strength train or is yoga your strength training? No, I also strength train. Okay. With weights. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't know if, because even though that is, you know, yoga is a mobility, like you're still getting incredibly strong by doing yoga. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of strength that is involved <laughs> when you do yoga, especially once you start getting into some of certain poses. There's yeah, I see your poses on Instagram and I'm like, what, what do you, how do you even do that? <laughs> Especially the one where you put your hands on the wall and I'm like, what? I don't even know how you would do that. <laughs> was that the one I posted today? It was. Yeah, I saw that and I was just like, what? There's no yeah, way my body would have been like that. <laughs> that was the intense back bend. Yeah. <laughs> probably should. Uh, pro I should probably try that later on. <laughs> I won't be posting that though. I promise. I was going to say, not let good. Make it real. <laughs> Make it real on it. Yeah. <laughs> Inspired by the Yogini runner. What kind of people do you find coming to your yoga classes? All kinds of people. All kinds. People that are just there just to get in the physical work. You know, it's like their workout, it's what they do. Um, other people who are looking to kind of find more of a, you know, like a grounding spiritual path, I would say. So you kind of get a, a wide variety of people that go 
that go there. People that have done it for years, people that are just barely coming back to doing it after the pandemic, people who have just, I had um, two women come in a few weeks ago who have never done it in their entire life, like had no idea what child's pose was or had never even heard of warrior one or something, you know, it was just very basic. So I do get a, you know, a huge range of people that go in. Do you teach different like levels of yoga, like an advanced class, a beginner class, or is it just kind of all encompassing? Um, so the class that I teach, we do have different levels, but the class that I teach is the same that I, when I teach both times or when I sub, it's the same, but depending on who's in the class, I will switch up kind of what I'm doing. So if I have those newer students, it's going to be a lot slower. It's going to be a lot more basic. There's going to be a lot more explaining of how to get into the pose, what the pose should, should like feel like. So there's a lot more direction. Don't they um, all just hurt? <laughs> <laughs> Some of them, yeah. I mean, like they are, some are uncomfortable, right? But, um, you know, it's leaning just like with the ultra stuff or with running, you know, it's leaning into the discomfort, recognizing your body and your mind and knowing that it's, wow, like this doesn't feel that great, but it does feel good, but it doesn't, you know, and leaning into that. Like there is a lot of that, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> How often do you practice your mobility to be able to teach like you don't want to be that teacher that goes in there and like you haven't done yoga in two weeks and then you're trying to get into these poses and yeah no and I'm sure you've seen it before you're like oh maybe <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't be are... up there <laughs> <laughs> no there are times when um there's been so there's two different kinds of times when I feel things like that, when like I haven't gone to class for like a week or so. And it's usually because I'm traveling or like I'm something's gone on, like too much is going on in my life and I just haven't been able to make it. And I definitely feel it in my body. Like, whoa, like we haven't gone here for a while, you know? And then also times when I've had to teach after a long run, like oh. that, or I go to class after a long run, <laughs> that definitely hurts and it feels different. And my body's just like, no, we do not want to lift our leg up anymore. <laughs> like, <it's laughs> just, no, we do not want to be balancing anymore. So there are times when, you know, and me being a teacher, I kind of do have that advantage sometimes where I know like, okay, like I want to open up my hips a lot more today. So this is what we're going to be doing in class, you know, or sometimes I'm like, I'm just not feeling good, like certain, you know, areas or something that I'm just, I'm not going to be doing a lot of those poses. Yeah. So, yeah. For me, it would be if I can't get into a pose, that's when I would get up and walk around and help everyone else get into it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, things have kind of changed with that too, right? Because of COVID. So mm. when I first started teaching, it was a lot more hands-on, you know, being able to like help other students out with the alignment and just doing all that. But ever since COVID, you know, it's been a lot more hands-off and it isn't until recently that, you know, sometimes if I know who the student is, I know they're okay with, you know, being touched, then I'll like walk around. But it's very rare when that happens right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Is it um, more women or men that are 
in your classes? More women. More women. There are men, but it's definitely more predominantly women. What do you do when people come in and they're super uncomfortable with, I mean, getting in some of these poses, of course, is very, uh, what's the word? <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just, you're just in a weird pose. And for, I know when I've done yoga, it was very uncomfortable in a class being one of the only men in there. Um, yeah, I can imagine. Um, sometimes some of the men, I find it totally fine and they have no issues. And then, um, even women though, who, and even women who have gone there quite a bit, they tend to, you know, go in the back of the class. They're not up front. They don't want to be up in front. Um, so they're in the back, um, and they're pretty comfortable there. I do offer tons of modifications though. So, with usually every pose. And then usually if they've been going there for a bit, they know what to do with their body. Um, but for those new students who are coming in, you know, I, I offer like, you know, at least one, if not more modifications so that they can feel good doing it. Yeah. What would you tell people that are, you know, going into a yoga class for the first time that um, feel uncomfortable? <sighs> <laughs> I mean, it goes back to really just letting go, right? Um, so I don't really have people come up front and tell me I'm really uncomfortable. You know, like they, they don't really voice that. I, I kind of feel too that people who have come into class have already kind of done it at home. And I think they're kind of ready to go out into public and do it. But even those who are a little bit uncomfortable, like I said, I can notice because they will say, oh, I'm going to go stay in the back, you know? So that's when I kind of know they're a little bit more not comfortable either for whatever reason of being up front, you know, because then other people can see them if they're in the front. Um, and it really is about no judgment. And I really like them to know that, uh, you know, the studio, we're not judging here. You know, this is their practice. It doesn't matter what we look like in a pose. It's how we feel individually in the pose. And that's really what it's about. You know, also like those, some of those poses that I'm like putting on my Instagram, we're not doing those in class. I'm like, there's no way if I ever come yeah. to LA, I'm never like, going. You know, some of them, yes, but most of them, we're not doing that. You know, so we're not doing those. Those, those are just more like for fun when I'm like just messing around and just, you know, seeing, Hey, can my body do this? Yeah. 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 That's funny. That's like, no way. There's, yeah. <laughs> when she yeah, said, when she tells you her Instagram at the end, you'll have to go and uh, check all these crazy poses out that she, <laughs> she posts. <laughs> and I mean, but, any, uh, go ahead. Have you had any um, athletes come in that are super tight? I have, you know what? It's funny. I do have a few people in there that are runners and like, I only find out that they're running runners after we've like, talked a bit and stuff and they'll say like oh I'm training for a race or you know whatever or I went for my run and I'm like oh okay so I know they're a runner so yeah so when I kind of know they're in class we're like all right I know all right we're going to be doing you know hip work um 
a certain poses that I know like, all right, this is going to feel really good for you. So I will dial it in a bit more towards that. And it's not necessarily that they're super tight, right? Um, because even me as a runner, like I don't consider myself super flexible, right? Like when I see other yoga people who are doing different poses, I like my body just can't get into that pose. And it's because maybe my hamstrings are like super tight and then they're just like not straightening out. Like they don't want to go into the splits, right? <laughs> like Some of those, like, yeah, some of those, I'm just like, my legs don't want to straighten out like that. You know, it takes me a bit more time to warm up a bit more warm up poses for me to like get there. Um, so I do have a few in there and they usually don't have a problem doing the, the poses that we're doing. You just, you just hear a lot of the, you know, the ultra elites complaining about tightness and you, you know, mentioned hamstrings. Um, I've heard and I've had discussions with others that they're worried about getting flexible because it may take away some of their power and speed especially right. for the uphills. Yes. Um, especially with sprinters also, they tend to have tight hamstrings. What yes. do you think the, the benefits are of just loosening them up a little bit in, in question for any type of athleticism? Right. So definitely, I think doing too... Yeah. So if you're too flexible, I don't think that that's like necessarily you're benefiting from it like out on the trail or even running right and I think especially more when you're on the trails just because you need all of that stability with your ankle movement and everything right like you need to have more like less mobility less flexibility right because you don't want your joints to be you know going every which way um, when you're out there you know so I definitely think that there is a limit to that and I really think that that's just you getting to know your body because I do, I think it does go back to like everybody's an individual and everybody can handle what they can handle. Right. So for what's going to work for me may not work for someone else. Um, and I do hear a lot of people who say that they can't do yoga because they aren't flexible when I don't really think you have to be flexible in order to do yoga. I don't think that that has to be, yes, you do need flexibility to maybe to do some of the like crazier. And I put that in quotes, like poses, but in order to do just some simple yoga poses, you don't really need to be flexible to do that. Like, you know? Yeah. What I found with yoga was more of a meditative flow state that I would get into. It wasn't about mobility and flexibility. It was, um, just going somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think that that's what it is. You know, it's being on the mat again, and it really is going into that meditative state. And especially it is when you can kind of just let go and let your body just flow, you know, it takes you there. And I think that's what it's about. You know, like you say, we say that Shavasana, like the meditation, of, you know, the, usually the final pose in a yoga class, you know, when you're meditating, like flat, flat on your back, like that is like the hardest and probably most important pose 
out of all of them. When yeah. I would do a yoga, the instructor would, uh, we would do that last pose, you know, the meditation and she would get so much criticism for that. Um, <laughs> people are like, I don't want to lay here for 10 minutes silence. <laughs> then she kept increasing it because she was getting such feedback of negativity. And she's like, this is the most important thing. Yeah. And I loved it. Her. I loved it when she would end it that way. Yeah. Good for her for increasing it. Yeah, because it is. And I think that that's people tend to, the people that probably are getting angry and stuff, they have a hard time being with stillness, you know? 100%. Yeah. 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 <laughs> is that I called mean, a yoga's high? because <laughs> i've never been there <laughs> mine's just called pain <laughs> my favorite was always the hot yoga oh gosh i have taken some hot yoga classes it's it's not it's not really my jam but <laughs> yeah i've never done that it seems fun it's really hot. <laughs> yeah, that that would be that would be the one that would get me. Is the heat. Towards the end, you're just slipping off that mat. It's like a <laughs> slippery slide. Yes, you are dripping. Yeah, I mean, just I remember I went in and I was waiting for class to start, and it was just like, oh my gosh, like can I even breathe? And it was really hard for me to just breathe in the beginning. I was already sweating. It is hot in there. And then um, you do the same poses every single time you go to class. It's the same poses that you do every time when, with hot yoga. That's yeah. probably a safety build-in. No, that's just, that's what the practice is for hot yoga. Wow. That's the type of it. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the benefits of hot yoga? <sighs> well... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they say, you know, sometimes they will say for runners to go there because of the muscle relaxation, right? So it's almost like heat therapy in a, in a way, you know, your body gets loosened up. So your muscles going to get calmer. So that would be one benefit to it. Um, yeah, but so I don't really want to get to the guy that did it. The, the one, there's this one man who started that and he's not really he's had a lot of like things, a lot of things have come out about him. Um, they did a whole Netflix documentary about him too. And it's just not, and that's why I, people will call it hot yoga now instead. Um, but yeah. So the thing that he did was like, he, it was like these 27 poses that you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, go watch the documentary. Now. Yeah, yeah we'll to go I'll check let out you. <laughs> I've heard of the guy, and I heard about all of his crazy stuff. So. Oh well. Yeah. I, I hit a I hit a button, so we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> it's a big big rom. So, um, yeah. What's next on your on your uh, your race agenda? What do you got coming up? I don't have anything. How wonderful is that? It's so great. Isn't it nice? You don't have to like really train for anything. You just right. go out and enjoy it and run. I, yeah. I have some like perspective races that I might want to go do, but I'm just kind of like in that same boat. Like I'm just floating. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a perspective half, but I'm doing, um, 
but yeah, I'm not, if I do it and I'm pretty sure I'm going to do it. I'm not trying to train for a PR or anything right now with that. I really, really had to take a step back from that kind of training. So, um, especially the marathon distance, um, the half, I think I'm okay with right now, but I don't want to like specifically train for a half distance either. So I really am in like this new space right now that I've never been in. And it was pretty uncomfortable at first. And now I'm kind of like, I've come to a point of acceptance and I'm like liking it right now. Nice. So, yeah. I find that I wouldn't say that I was like not happy when I'm training, because I'm definitely always, you know, in a chipper mood for sure. But um, wh- what you see on Instagram, that's, that's me in real life. Like I'm not hiding anything and through my videos, that's just who I am in real life. But mm-hmm. I find that I, I enjoy just going out for runs and having fun. And, you know, other than like, oh, oh and my coach is probably gonna get mad at this. Oh, I have to go run this or I have to go do that. But <laughs> I, I don't look at it as a have to, I look at it as a get to. Like I get to go run because there's a lot of people out there that can't do that. They would maybe want to do that. So, you know, I try to change the mindset of, of have to, to get to, but but now I don't, I don't have to. So like if I have a run on the schedule and I don't feel like doing it, I'm not going to do it because, you know, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. It's a nice place to be in. I think I think we all need seasons like this in our running life where we kind of still do it because we love it, right? Yep. We still want to get out the door and do it, but we necessarily don't have to get those five miles in on that one day because like if, you know, if it's just you're tired or it's not fitting into your schedule or whatever and you just, you don't do it, like, and not having to feel guilty about not getting it done. Yeah, I think it's I, important. I, I really enjoy riding the bike. And so getting back on the bike after, you know, I just ran my A race for the year in February. So I don't have another race on the schedule for the rest of 23. So, yeah. you know, getting back on the bike and doing some stuff on there, you know, I've never really like tested my abilities on that. So maybe I'll find something to do this year for that. But who knows? It's just fun to switch things back up and you, you know, I saw a chart one time where it said that at the closer your race comes, your hobbies go down, you know, the percentage of your work and strength training, every, not necessarily your work, but your strength training, your, your hobbies, you know, they decrease as your running increases. And then after your race, you know, you can start to balance those things back out. So you pick up your strength training a little bit more, your hobbies, um, outside of running, of course, your running starts to balance. Um, you know, I'm getting back on the bike more, cross training more. So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's fun to do the other things that you love and you're not solely focused on just getting the run in. Yeah, I completely agree. 100%. <laughs> so what kind of balance? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Even though when we do these crazy things, there's no balance to them. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. We don't, we don't do balance very well. I no, no, we don't. <laughs> I don't even know what balance would look like. <laughs> so what kind of gear are you using? Um, I mean, 
gear. I'm like, I'm a road runner, right? So like, okay. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> um, you guys have it so easy, to be honest with you. Like, you're not worried about like, all right, should I go carbon or aluminum poles? Do I go a set distance poles? Um, do I take my eight liter, my 10 liter, my 12 liter pack out? Um, you know, am I running a hydration bladder? Am I running bottles? Do I run little bottles? What kind of uh, electrolytes am I running? What kind of fuel am I going to run on my six hour run? Like, do I, are these shoes going to be good enough for the six hour? What's it's just like, there's so much in, in trail yeah. and ultra running. Yeah. I feel like the road runners have it real easy. Like, oh, there's a pair of shoes. Let's, let's go for a 10 miler. <laughs> Your 10 mile takes way less time than mine. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, okay, shoe wise, let's see. So I run in Hoka's and Sakani's. Those oh, are I've like, never heard I've never heard anyone pronounce it like that. <laughs> Am I saying you're wrong? <laughs> I think I feel like there's like 35 different ways to say it, but I I've never heard anyone say it like that. I don't okay. know. I've always just said uh Sakoni or Sakani. I don't know what I don't yeah. Know. I don't even know what I said now. <laughs> <laughs> like, didn't I say that? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. No, it's going to be easy just like Hoka. We're mispronouncing it this whole time. It's not actually Hoka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I run in those. Um, if I am using a hydration pack, if I go out on the trails, it's usually Nathan. If I'm carrying my handheld during my long runs, it's a Nathan. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, what else do I use? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for my fueling, I do use I use Huma and I use Ucan. Those okay. are like my my top and Graham crackers. Those are like my Graham crackers for my long runs. Those are yeah Graham well, crackers. I feel like my mouth would be really dry. I'm not running with the girl. I don't eat them during my run. It's oh. like my pre. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's what I, it's my pre. So if every morning I'll eat like one sheet of graham cracker. Difference between a trail runner and a road runner. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm eating that at home while I'm getting ready to go head out. Um, and depending on how many miles or the intensity that I'm doing, I'll up the graham crackers. <laughs> my long run, I'll up the graham crackers. And then I usually have a you can with that. And then my you can mix and yeah, my Huma gels on the road. Do you use you can gels as well? Yes. Okay. I have. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, who is someone that has inspired you that has a cool story, someone, you know, in your, in your, your life that we could have that you would suggest to have on the podcast, someone that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a runner someone in the yoga world, just someone who maybe has a cool story that would be awesome to have on here. So I, <laughs> this was like a really hard thing for me to, <laughs> to even like pick someone. And I was like, okay, I'm not, none of my athletes, I'm not going to do any of them because I'm not going to, you know, pick one and not the other. <laughs> I'm not going to, none of the RMC people, cause I'm not going to pick one and not the other. <laughs> so I think somebody that'd be really cool, and I don't know if either of you have heard of her, but her name's Jocelyn, and I know she goes by Jocelyn the Warrior on Instagram. Um, she's fairly younger, 
but I, she's run tons of marathons. I believe she ran like a hundred within like so many years or something. And she's also done, she just did like her first hundred miler. She's going to be doing TSP. Um, and I actually have one of my athletes who's doing TSP on the, in her crew. Um, and I know one of her aspirations is to be- do bad water one day. So I think she would be a really cool person to have on just because I think she would have tons of stories to tell. And I think she has been doing a lot just for like the running community. So I think she'd be really cool to have on. She's a Los Angeles based runner as well. So cool. Yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to definitely reach out and try to get her on. That'd be that would be interesting. I feel like we don't have enough. We haven't had a lot of roadrunners on the podcast. A lot of it's a lot of been trail and ultra. So having some more roadrunners who have ultra experiences would be cool. So yeah, yeah. Well, Nicole, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll give you a couple minutes to blast yourself out. Where can people find you? Your Instagram handles, the studio that you teach, whatever you want to, whoever or whatever you want to shout out. Yeah. So my Instagram handle is the Yogini underscore runner. And, and I just figured out what, or you just explained earlier what that was. And I didn't know, I apparently assaulted her by calling her a a yogi. I didn't even know a yogi is a male. (laughs) No, no. I mean, you could, yogi is like everyone, but yeah, no, I was not insulted. It is very hard. It is very hard to insult me. (laughs) We started this podcast off really well. No, 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 no. I fit right in with the crusty crew. It's all good. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Again, insulting Sorry. you again. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Uh, and then I'm at Terra Yoga is the yoga studio that I'm at. And, you know, she's created something very wonderful there at that studio. Um, if you're, you know, in the neighborhood, in town, I would come check it out. Um, yeah. You can normally find me on Instagram. That's where I'm at. Facebook, forget it. <laughs> forget <laughs> it. It's not happening. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, thanks again. Looking, I love you. I need a shout out RMC. If you're looking for, um, you know, a coach, which I think personally, anybody, I know you're a coach as well. I think anybody deserves to have a coach. I don't think just elite athletes or if you have like a hundred mile race or if you have a BQ, you know, goal or something, I think everybody deserves a coach. Even if you just want to run for the sake of running, I really think it's good to have that person in your corner. So I definitely agree. I a hundred percent agree actually. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. If you like this podcast and you want more people to hear this podcast, please get on the platform that you're currently listening to this podcast on right now and leave us a like, a review. Uh, If you go on our Instagram, follow us, Golden Hour Adventure Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been produced and edited by Backbeat Sound. Come and find us on Instagram at BackbeatSound1776 or email us at BackbeatSound1776 at gmail.com.